But I'm going to talk today about the purpose of a pastor. So if you're taking notes, point number one is pastors have a purpose. Pastors have a purpose. Pastors are gifts given by Christ, watch this, to help feed, lead, perfect, and protect. Pastoring is not a job, it's a call. It's not something that you say, okay, you know what, I'm going to apply online and I'm going to apply to be a pastor. Well, somebody may hire you, but the question is, are you called or did you make a call? Here's the thing. You can be a preacher and not be a pastor, but you can't be a pastor and not be a preacher. When you pastor people, that means you love them. You don't love them. Listen, you can't pastor who you need. This is why I can be brutally honest sometimes. Brutally honest. I know sometimes y'all be like, Ooh, I can't believe he said that. I can be brutally honest with everybody because I don't need you. You say, well, Pastor Evan, don't you need my money? No, because this is God's church. If he cannot supply for his church, shame on him. Okay, that was none of those on my notes, but... And there's some people in the room. Uh, I've been your preacher for years, but the question is, are you going to allow me to pastor you? Meaning that, because you got to sit somewhere long enough to be pastored. And some of us, we're jumping around like jelly beans. It's because if you stay somewhere long enough, somebody might find out who you are. Because sometimes you look at pastor, it seems like everything is all. And you don't realize that he has to walk out the pain and come every Sunday and preach faith to you. Even though it may not manifest in his life the way he wants to. How do I lead while I bleed? This is not just for him. Some of you are on a job right now. And all they don't see what you're going through, but they tell you everything they go, they're going through. Oh, some of you are in a house right now bleeding. Emotionally drained. People don't see your pain. They tell you all their pain. Don't realize you walking through the valley too. You put your clothes on too. You got issues too. How do I leave? While I bleed. God wants to teach you through models and mentors. He wants, he wants to give you a blueprint. Models and mentors. Now, if you choose not to listen to your mentor... God has an answer for you. It's called a poor mentor. God showed you what you had to go through. You wouldn't go. So what God did, God showed him the palace to get him through the pit. So what happens when God is trying to take you through his process, he gives you a vision of your palace. So when you get the vision of the palace, it allows you to fight to get through the process. Your faith is not for the mountain. Your faith is for the valley. It's easy to praise God when everything's all right. But how do you praise God when my money is funny and my change is strange? I will bless the Lord. Let me help you. Your life will be determined by who you serve, who you submit to, who you sacrifice for, and who you sow into. 
Jesus in his agony. He steps out of humanity, steps into divinity. And now he says, I'm the door. I know I'm suffering right now. I'm bleeding right now, but I'm going to lead you through. Even though I'm going through my agony, I still got time. And he says, son, today you will be in paradise with me. Good morning, Word of Truth Family Church. Stand to your feet with me right now. If you are joining me uh, through the lens or on the Internet, I want you to stand right there in your home, on your job, and we're going to do a confession together. I want you to repeat after me. Hold your Bibles up. Say, this is God's Word. Come on, you have to say it better than that. Say, this is God's Word. Not Pastor Eben's Word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this amazing opportunity to hear from the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, rain down on what's said. Anoint our ears to hear and prepare our hearts to receive. And I thank you in advance That what you're going to do is going to catapult us to our next levels, next destinies, next journeys, and most of all, the next blessings that God has in store for us. So I declare that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow the word today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We are currently in a series called Leadership Matters. Everybody say Leadership Matters. Now listen, let me set the atmosphere real quick. Although I may not be there physically, I still need your response and your participation. So when I ask you to respond, just follow along with me. Can you say amen? All right, good, good, good. So the month of October is considered clergy month in the United States and I believe across the world. And this is where our nation sets aside time to honor ministers, clergy, pastors, etc. And our church also uses this month to celebrate what we call value the visionary. Everybody say value the visionary. And this is where you as members decide how you're going to choose to be a financial blessing to me in my life as the founder of Word of Truth Family Church. Say amen to that. And some, you know, traditional churches would call it uh, the pastor's anniversary, but we choose to call it Value the Visionary. And so the last Sunday of this month, which will be a fifth Sunday, I want you to be praying about what seed you can sow. And here is why I want you to pray and obey. Everybody say pray and obey. Here is why I want you to pray and obey. Because I believe most people never see a God-ordained harvest because they always sow a man-proclaimed seed. 
Oh, did you get that? I'm preaching already. I haven't even gotten the message. But listen, I'm going to say that again because I don't think you got it. Most people never see a God-ordained harvest because they always sow a man-proclaimed seed. And that's why I'm not going to, you know, tell you what to give or request you to give something. Why? I want you to pray about it and I want you to obey God. Everybody say, obey God. All right. I am currently in California ministering at Life Church with Pastor Che because it's his value, the visionary day. And he asked me as his pastor to come and minister to him and his church. And so that's where I am right now. Now, today, if you're taking notes, our message title is follow the leader. Follow the leader. And I'm excited about this message. It is going to be three words. What's the three word church? Amazing. You got it. Now listen, when I was growing up, and I'm showing my age a little bit, there was a game that we call Follow the Leader. And the way this game worked is someone was chosen to be the leader. I can't remember how that came about, but someone was chosen to be the leader. And then everybody else had to follow the leader. Whatever the leader did, they had to do. Whatever the leader said, they had to say. And here's the sad thing. Unfortunately, as we have gotten older, we've experienced pain and pride and perception. And those things tend to keep us as adults, watch this, from following anybody. And then the sad thing is that in the church world, everybody say the church world. In the church world, we have allowed the perverted thinking of the world, listen church, to keep us from following spiritual leadership. And so what I want to do today is look at some principles and some benefits of following spiritual leadership. So if you're taking notes, here's point number one, and I only have two points today. Point number one is follow the faith and patience of your leader. We're talking about follow the leader. Follow the faith and patience of your leader. Now, I'm reading Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. I'm reading it out of the King James Version first. This is what it says, that you be not slothful, don't be lazy, but followers, everybody say followers, absolutely, but followers of those, watch this church, listen who they say you need to follow, follow those who through their faith, watch this, and their patience have inherited the promises. Verse 13, for when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Verse 14 says, surely blessing, he told Abraham, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply you. And then he says in verse 15, and so after he, Abraham, watch this, had patiently endured, read it with me, church, he obtained the promise. Absolutely. Now, what's interesting is the word follow or followers in that word in that verse means to imitate, to imitate. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share with you another verse that has this Greek word or this word followers in it, which means to imitate. First Corinthians chapter four, verses 15. Listen to how it reads. It says, but though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ. 
You got all these preachers on the internet. Nothing's wrong with it. He says, though you have thousands of instructors, instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers? Watch this. For in Christ Jesus, listen to what Paul said. I have begotten you through the gospel. Watch verse 16. This is where that word follower shows up. He says, wherefore, I beseech you, I beg you, I'm instructing you. I want you to watch this. Be you followers or imitators of me. Did you hear what Paul said? He said, he instructed this church. He says, I want you to be an imitator of me. Now watch 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1. We're going to see this word followers or imitator again. He says to the Corinthians church, But be ye followers of me, be imitators of me, watch this, even as also I am of Christ. So he added some criteria. He didn't just say follow him. He said, no, I want you to follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now, see, I already feel in the room and I'm not even there. We have super duper spiritual, deep people whose mindset says, I'm not following no man. You don't follow man, you follow God. And that's the attitude of the average person, especially when it comes to, watch this now, pastoral or spiritual leadership. I'm only going to follow God. Touch your neighbor and say, he talking to you and he ain't even there. Go on and tell him. Most people's attitude is, I'm only going to follow God. Well, I have a question for you, church. Here's my question. How many of you, by the showing of hands, and I hopefully be able to see through the screen and the camera to see who's holding their hands up, but here's my question. By the showing of hands, how many of you are on social media? Let me see your hand. Hands, hands, hands. Okay, good, good, good. If your neighbor don't have a hand up, that, that means they are past 50, okay? Watch this. If you are on social media... My question to you is, how many of you are following somebody? Hello, church. Oh, I only follow God. No, you got some followers on Instagram. You got some followers on Facebook. So guess what? You are following man. Exactly. But I want to show you something about this word, follow and imitate, which is going to change your life. Let's read now Hebrews chapter 6 in the Amplified Version. It says, but we... Do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and the development of your hope until the end. I read that for context purposes. Watch verse 12. In order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards. He said, but I want you to be imitators. So listen, church, it's so easy to become a spiritual sluggard. It is so easy, watch this, to get disinterested in the things of God. It is very easy to backslide, as the church says. Why? Because, watch this, you don't have an imitator. You're not following. He said, but I want you to be imitators, watch this, behaving As those who through faith, by their leaning of the entire personality of God in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. And by practice, watch this church, of patient endurance and waiting, watch this, now inheriting the promises. In other words, that verse is saying, follow leadership who has a consistent track record of exercising their faith 
by leaning on God's word to the point that they have exercised the patience, watch this, to watch him perform it in their lives. Everybody say, won't he do it? Absolutely. Now I want you to listen one more time to the message translation of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. This one right here is going to put the cherry on the top. He says, don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. In other words, he said, follow people who don't give up. Follow people like Pastor Evan, that he's like, you know, that, that rock'em sock'em robot. He may, you might hit him, but he gonna come right back up. That's right. He said, be like those who stay the course with committed faith. And then get everything promised to them. God gave his word. Verse 13. When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. Verse 14. He said, I promise I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. And I don't know about you, but I want some bless and I want some bless and I want some bless. He says in verse 15, Abraham stuck it out. Because see, that's what you got to do when it comes to standing on the word of God. It's not magic. It's not a crystal ball. It's not a magic genie bottle that you rub. He said, no. He said, Abraham stuck it out and he got everything that had been promised to him. You know, most people never exercise the promises or no, they never experience the promises of God. Watch this, because they are not properly connected to a spiritual example to help them see that it's possible. Woo, I said a mouthful right there. You know what? I'm going to say that again. Most people never experience the promises of God because they're not properly connected to a spiritual example to help them see it's possible. And that's why Pastor Evan is transparent. I'm transparent because while I'm going through problems, while I'm going through the valley, guess what? I have to be the one to do it in front of you. See, it's different to have to walk by faith privately, but I have to walk through faith publicly. And so what I choose to do is watch this. Take you along with me. No, no, no. I'm not going to go through and then tell you at the end. No, I'm going to walk you through it so you can see, oh, wow, he did this and he did that. But here's the thing. Do not. Everybody say, do not. Do not connect to the flesh part of me. I want you to connect to the faith part of me. I mean, it's okay if you admire or even desire some things that you see me have or some things that you see God has done for me. That's okay. But I want you to hear something, church. My faith positioned me to get that stuff. See, see, some of you all think you need money to access some of the stuff that I have. But see, no, 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 no. I want you to realize my faith got that. And let me say it like this. Faith can get you money, but money can't get you faith. Oh, (laughs) that was so good. Let me say that again. Faith can get you money, church, but money can't get you faith. Mark 9, 23, most of you all know it. Jesus said, if you can believe, watch this church, all things are possible to him that believe it. I want you to notice something about that verse. He says, all things are possible to those who believe. It did not say all things are possible to those who have money. And see, this is why I teach faith. Because faith can override the system if you learn how to use it. Say amen to that church. So listen, 
If you're going to grow to new levels in your spiritual life and in your faith life, you need to follow your spiritual leader. Now, does that mean your spiritual leader is perfect? No, nobody's perfect but Jesus Christ. But when God calls you to a church and plants you in it and puts you under a pastor, guess what? The pastor ain't perfect, but he's perfect for you. Now, just touch your neighbor and just look at him and say, Pastor Evan is perfect for me. Praise the Lord. Now, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. I'm going to reread it because I'm going to point something out. He says that you be not slowful, but followers or imitators, watch this, of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Here's a take-home statement that I want you to think through. Patience is the incubator that marinates your faith until the promise arrives. Woo! I'm going to say that again. Patience is the incubator that marinates your faith until the promise arrives. See, we have a baby that just, you know, one of my grandbabies that just got born. You say, Pastor, I didn't know you have grandbabies. I do. Anytime you all as members have children, that makes me a grand pastor. Okay, so we have a grand, I have a grandbaby that uh, is in the hospital getting ready to get out. Pearson, I mean, and she was born, watch this now, as a baby baby. I mean, she was born premature. So you know what they've done all this time? They put her in an incubator. Now, the, the dictionary says an incubator is a device, watch this church, that is used to regulate the temperature of something until it's ready. I'm going to say that again. An incubator is a device used to regulate the temperature of something until it is ready. Listen, let me say it like this. If faith alone was enough to inherit all of God's promises in your life, you would have them by now. I'm going to say that again. If all you needed to gain the promises of God was just faith, you would have them by now because we all have been given the measure of faith. And Jesus said all it takes is a mustard seed to tell a mountain to be removed. But see, the text tells us that in order to get the promises of God, watch this church, patience is necessary. Now the Greek word for this word patience, watch this church, I want you to follow me. It is used 14 times in the New Testament. The word patience, when he says through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. That word patience, it is used 14 times in the New Testament. But watch this though. It's only translated as the word patient two times. Now remember, the Bible was written in the New Testament in Greek. In some cases, maybe some Aramaic, but primarily Greek. So if it stayed that way, we wouldn't be able to read it. So what they have done, they translated the Greek language into what they call the old King James Version, okay, which was English. And so now that allows us to be able to read it. So when I'm saying this word patience only appears twice as the word patience, the other, watch this, the other uh, 12 actually shows up. As a, watch this, a different English word. So let me give you an example, but let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. First Timothy chapter one, verse 16. We're going to see this word patient used 
with a different English word. Same Greek word, different English word. He says, this is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, how be it for this cause, I have obtained mercy. That in me, everybody say in me, because this is important. I'm going to show you now, because I'm about to show you there's a difference between types of patiences. He says here, in me, Christ Jesus might show forth, watch this, all long-suffering. The word long-suffering is the same word patience. He says, I'm going to continue to read. How be it for this cause, I obtain mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering for a pattern to them which should after hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Everybody say, it's an inside job. Oh, no, 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 you didn't participate. I want you to say, everybody say, it's an inside job. All right. So, notice Paul was telling Timothy, watch this, that in him, Jesus might be made manifest through long-suffering. In him. Watch Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. This word patience that translates as uh, long-suffering shows up again. Watch this now. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. What else? Joy. What else? Peace. What's the next word, church? Long-suffering. That's that word patience. Now, let me ask you a question. Where is the Holy Spirit dwelling in us? He's on the inside, right? So this patience, this long-suffering that we're referring to here is an inside thing. Now, let me read one more verse to bring some better understanding to this word, and then I'm going to show you something else. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. Let's look at this word patience or long-suffering one more time. It says, this is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, but you have fully known my doctrine. I'm going to say that to you, Word of, word of Truth Family Church. You have fully known my doctrine. You know I teach the word. And then he says... You know my manner of life. Y'all know me. I consistently live this word. Then he says, you know my purpose. You know my faith. He says, and you've seen my, here's the word, long suffering. But let's continue to read the verse because I want to show you something. And then he says, you see my love, which is charity. And then he says, you see my patience. Wow. This word long-suffering and patience shows up at the same time in one verse. But guess what? This word patience is a different patience than the one we've been talking about. The one we've been talking about is an inside job patience. But this word patience does not mean that. This word patience, watch this church, means to be able to hold out. Be able to hold out. In other words, let me say it like this. It's an outside job. Let's read now a couple of verses that have this word patience in it. And you say, well, Pastor Evan, why are you giving us this example about patience? Because I want to show you that this is something I had to walk through because it took us 13 years to get this building. That's some long suffering. And I want you to know that God has put me in your life as a spiritual example so that you can know not only are the promises possible, but I have an example in my life that can, watch this, patient it out. He has the, the ability on the outside to wait it out. Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse 1. It says, wherefore, seeing we are also passed about with so many greater cloud of witnesses. Watch what he says. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, here comes that word, and let us run, 
is running. Okay, stop. Is running physical? Yes, it is. He says, let us run, watch this, with patience. That's on the outside. The race that is set before us. Everybody say, that's an outside job. See, when you have faith on the inside and you exercise patience on the outside, you're willing to wait it out. And see, some of you all are under attack. I'm talking to somebody, some people right now. Some of you all are under attack. The devil is riding you just like a horse. I mean, giddy up. I mean, he's on you right now. But see, my advice to you right now, wait him out. Wait him out. You know what? You say, well, pastor, what am I waiting on? You waiting on the Lord. See, this point is so important that I want you all to get this. Because there are some things that have taken place in our church that was a display of, watch this, of God's process in my life and through our church that you need to pay attention to. Because, see, that's why I said, be not weary in well-doing. Why? Because in due season, you will reap if you faint not. And Pastor Evan has, uh, look, I'm saying follow the leader. You want to throw in the towel? Don't do it. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I know you're ready to give up on your relationship. I said, no, don't do that. Because whom God has joined together, let no man pull apart. I know you're ready to quit that job because you're frustrated. But I'm saying, no, God's going to work that thing together for your good. Because if you love the Lord and you'll call according to his purpose, he's going to work it out. Amen. Listen. If you don't watch it, this point is so important. I think I might do a Presbyterian hoop on y'all. You say, well, Pastor Evan, what's a Presbyterian hoop? See, you know, Baptist hoop, I mean, they, ah, 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 and then, you know, the Church of God in Christ hoop, and they sang. But see, a Presbyterian hoop is a hoop where you need help. But I'm not going to do that to y'all today. You know why? Because my clock says I have 25 minutes, then I'm almost done. So... Here's what I want to point out. I'm going to show you patience in real time. God called me to be a pastor at 27. I didn't start till I was 40. Look at your neighbor and say, that's some patience right there. Okay. We started the church in 2005. We didn't start construction on this facility until 2016 and didn't move in until January of 2019. Everybody say that's patience. So here's what I'm trying to get you to to do and understand. We're talking about leadership matters. And some things God will only do when you have allowed him to watch this to work some things outside of you and work some things on the inside of you. Say amen to that. All right, so spiritual leadership is necessary because, watch this, it gives you a pattern, but it also can guide you to your spiritual purpose and calling. So I'm closing right here. Here's point number two, and it's a very short point. Because I want you to see the benefits of following spiritual leadership. Here's second point number two. Following your leader can uncover your calling. I'm going to say that again. Following your leader, following your spiritual leader. Let me be specific. Following your pastor can uncover your calling. Acts chapter 16, verse 9. This is our last verse, maybe. And a vision appeared to Paul. 
Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say the vision appeared to them all. No, because God does not speak to groups. He doesn't do that because everybody's interpretation of what he said would be different. Some people won't be listening. Some people will hear half of what he said. So the Bible says a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia. There stood some people in Arlington and Grand Prairie and, and Fort Worth and Mansfield and Dallas. Listen, it says there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed and said, come over into Macedonia and help us. Because that's what a God-given vision does. It helps people. Watch verse 10. And after he, Paul, had seen the vision, watch this church, immediately, immediately, they didn't pray about it. They didn't meet about it. They didn't try to think about it. No, it says immediately we. So it went from a me to a we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Watch this church. Assuredly gathering that the Lord, watch this, this is so good, had called us. He did what church? Come on church. He called us for to preach the gospel to them. Listen, God's vision becomes Paul's vision. And then Paul's vision becomes the people's vision. And because the people participated in their vision, watch this, they discovered their call when they followed Paul's call. (laughs) Boy, I'm teaching the word today. Boy, I'm teaching the word today. Did you hear that? It says, assuredly gathering the Lord had called us. So church, let me tell you something you may not, nobody have ever told you. Your calling can be discovered when you participate in God's vision and call for your church. And this is why the devil keeping a whole lot of y'all lazy. I just, you know, some of y'all, y'all at home watching, I appreciate that. I mean, we got members now across the nation and in some parts of the world. I'm good with that. But you local people that are at home right now watching. You don't have no problems, no, you know, I understand you have health issues. We Look, I appreciate you watching and connecting. But some of you, you have the abilities to come and physically be here. So, let me tell you a story. Let me say this first. The best way to find God's will for your life on earth is to participate in a God-given vision that produces fruit for his kingdom down here on earth. Here's a take-home statement. Kingdom participation activates personal revelation. Whew. Kingdom participation activates personal revelation. So let me tell you a story real quick. I'm going to back the story up with, with the, our last verse. I promise you it's our last verse. So years ago, everybody say years ago. Years ago, remember now, I had went to Bible school. I, had, I was already ordained and licensed as a minister. And uh, when I moved back here to the States, because I went to school in Jamaica, the Lord told me he wanted me to sell cars. I didn't want to sell cars. You don't need a degree to sell cars. I'm like, I, who wants to work 12 and 15 hours a day? But the Lord told me he wanted me to sell cars. So... I work literally six days a week. My only day off was a Sunday. And I knew I had to go to church. How I'm going to be called? I'm talking to somebody right now. How I'm going to be called a ministry and don't go to church? 
Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> so listen, I went to church and I was tired. Not tired, tired. Tired. And I would go and I'd be there and I'd, you know, praise and worship be good. That'd wake me up a little bit. And then the message would be good, you know. But I couldn't wait to the benediction because I was ready to go home. And so I would jet tail out of there every Sunday. So finally the Lord pressed on me. He was like, look, you need to do something in this church. If this you say this is going to be your church, you need to do something. And I'm like, Lord, I'm tired. You know I'm tired. You know how many hours I worked this week? He says, I was there with you. So yes, I do know. He says, but you need to do something. See, what he was trying to do was activate me in the vision so I could get a personal revelation of what my calling was. But I didn't know he was doing that. So that's why I'm telling you. So I started picking up the trash on a Sunday. They saw me doing it and they came to me and said, you know what? We see that you started picking up the trash and I was doing it consistently. Nobody asked me to do it. And so they said, well, we want, want you to do something else. I was like, what is it? I thought they was going to ask me to teach the word or something. You know, they said, well, can you clean the bathrooms too? But see, that started the journey of my discovery. So now let's fast forward about four years later. Four years later, we used to have 6 a.m. prayer at the church house. Wasn't no online prayer. Wasn't no 1-800, let's pray on Wednesdays from 7 o'clock to 7.15. Wasn't none of that. No, you had to get up out of your house and your bed and get out of your robe. And you had to go to church to pray. And I'll never forget, I will go. I'm a minister. I got to go to church to pray. Jesus said, can you not tarry one hour? So I'll never forget, I got up to pray. To, well, I was getting ready. And because I used to work, I lived in Grand Prairie, but I worked in Plano. So I had to get dressed for work going to prayer. So I'm getting dressed. And while I'm getting dressed, the Holy Spirit says something very weird to me. The name Epaphroditus comes in my spirit. Now, listen. I don't know nobody named Epaphroditus. I had never used the word Epaphroditus. I didn't even know the word Epaphroditus was in the Bible. Apparently I had read it, but the Holy Spirit said Epaphroditus. I thought, wow, that's weird. I ain't had time to look it up. I was like, oh, I got to go. So I get up, I get to the church, and we praying as a church, and the Holy Spirit says Epaphroditus. So what is that? And so at church, I said, you know what, I'm going to look that up when I get home. I get home later on that evening, whatever, and I forgot all about it because I don't went to work and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden it came back one more time. Epaphroditus. So I said, let me look this up to see what this is. And so when I looked it up, it showed up in Philippians chapter two, verse 19. This was Paul talking to the Philippian church. He says, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly to you. He says, that I also may be of good comfort when I know about your state. He says, for I have no man that's like-minded who will naturally care for you. Verse 21. For all seek their own. See, everybody's really not, they're, they're not caretakers of sheep. They're thinking about themselves. He says, but all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him, talking about Timothy, that as a son with the father, he has served with me in the gospel. Do you notice that Paul said Timothy served with him in the gospel as a son before he put Timothy in a church? Did you get that church? Oh, I know you didn't. 
So watch verse 23. He says, him, therefore, I hope to send presently. So soon as I shall see how it's going to go with me. Verse 24. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself will come shortly to you. Now here's where this whole thing about Epaphroditus comes in. Verse 25. He says, yet I suppose it's necessary though to send to you Epaphroditus. Now listen. The description he's about to describe to Epaphroditus is what God had put in my heart to be towards my pastor. I just didn't have a verse or I couldn't even put words to it. So listen to how he described Epaphroditus. He says, he's my brother. He's my companion in labor. Somebody who worked with me. He's a fellow soldier. Somebody that's fighting with me. And then he says, but your messenger. And watch this. And he that ministered to my wants. I said, ah. Ah, the Lord just gave me a verse about what was in my heart towards my pastor. So you know what I did? I went to my pastor. I said, uh, I said, hey, pastor, uh, Lord, put something on my heart that I, I'm your Epaphroditus. He was like me. He didn't even know that was in the Bible. He was like, who is that? What is that? I said, I'm your Epaphroditus. He says, what do you mean? And so I read the scripture. He, and so the scripture, your brother, your companion in labor, your fellow soldier, your, uh, and, 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 and this church's messenger, but even him that will minister to your wants. Watch this church. Here it is. And I'm closing. My purpose became clearer when my actions toward my leader's vision was nearer. This is so good. I'm going to say this again. See, some of y'all ain't got no teaching like this. You're trying to figure out this is why some people get lost spiritually or they get stuck in neutral spiritually. You know why? Because they don't know how to connect the dots. And this is why so many people stay spiritually stuck in neutral in churches. It's not the church. It's just that God's called you to the body of Christ to be an active member. And the longer you ride the bench and not get in the game, the longer you're going to feel stuck. I said that with a smile. So let me say that one more time. My purpose became clearer. When my actions toward my leader's vision became nearer. Somebody say amen to that. And here's the thing about pastor and vision. God will continue to give me as a pastor vision. Watch this. As long as I keep my ear to heaven and my heart towards people. And so with every head bowed, every head bowed. Because some of you need to make some commitments today. Here's the thing. You have joined Word of Truth Family Church, which means now you have planted yourself. But now it's time to activate. Because God does not want you to be a dormant member. Even if you say, well, Pastor, I don't know what I need to do. Okay, so let me make it real simple. I know, keep your heads bowed. Let me make it real simple. If you just intercede for this church and me on a regular, at least you're doing something. So don't sit there and say, well, I don't know what to do. Everybody knows to pray. But there are some of you who need to take your planting to another level and do something. And we're going to help you to be able to do that. But guess what? The Bible says... 
draw near to God and he draw near to us. You have to take that first step. And so I, here's, the, here's the only application to the message today. I want you to make a decision to follow the leader. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the word today. Thank you for your people who have heard it. Thank you, Father, that it has fallen on good ground. And because it has, your word says it is going to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold in our lives. And I thank you in advance that great things are going to come from today's message in the lives of your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. With every head still bowed, maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor Evan, I'm not saved. Maybe you're watching me and you're not saved. In other words, here's the question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not, I'm talking to you. It's time to make a decision today. You cannot follow your spiritual leader until you have fallen the leader of your soul, Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you need to make a decision. Listen, I heard that we have almost 50 people getting baptized today. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Or maybe you need to decide to join Word of Two Family Church. Either way, here's what I want to do. I want to pray for those who need salvation. So I'm going to ask everybody who's physically in the room, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And if you're watching online, and if you know, if you die today and you're not sure you go to heaven, I want you to pray this prayer out loud right where you are. Let's pray together, church. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. And today, I make you my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, come on the inside. Change me on the outside. Take me out of darkness. Put me in the light. Today, I surrender my heart. I surrender my soul. I surrender my spirit. And I surrender my body to the Lord Jesus Christ today. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I thank you for those who may have made a decision to rededicate their lives, join Word of Truth Family Church, and those who are getting baptized today. Lord, I thank you for spiritual momentum taking place in their lives like they've never seen before. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a hand clap.